Hello and welcome to Housing Bites, the show where I speak to people working in and around the housing sector about the challenges we all face in our day-to-day working lives. I'm your host, Scott McKinvan, and I have two decades of experience working for housing associations, most recently Clarion, and now I'm running my own consultancy. Today I'm joined by Colin Sells, the MD at 3C Consultants, who are the leading technology and data consultancy for housing in the UK. In this episode, we're talking all about data. Now you might think data is boring, but the way you interact with your data is fundamental to the success of your projects. I was captivated by Colin's approach to data, and I'm sure you will too. Hi, Colin. Hey, Scott. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Now, I think we've known each other for around about 10 years um, when you were doing IT stuff with Montel, and I was looking at digital inclusion for housing associations, and we sort of just found a match, didn't we, for what I was doing and what you were doing at that moment in time? That's right. There was a really great initiative that was going on within your organisation, which was Affinity Sutton, and that was all about digital inclusion, but more importantly, how it fitted in with the wider scheme of things, which was trying to draw people into the the kind of sheltered accommodation schemes that that you had within the business and we discovered that Wi-Fi apparently was one of the big motivators. And and we got Wi-Fi into all of those units and we, we got some new technology, some touchscreen technology, if I remember correctly, that was at that time was really, really new and really exciting. So it was really good being involved with that. But there's a different emphasis to the work you're doing now because you're now the CEO of 3C Consultants. T- tell me a bit about 3C and what you're doing at the moment. Well, 3C kind of evolved out of Montar. What what actually happened was we were realising that some of our customers were requesting us to provide solutions without necessarily knowing what they wanted to achieve themselves. So we set up what was then Montal Consulting to try and better understand the link between their business objectives and what they wanted from their IT strategy. And that allowed us to then provide solutions that made much, much better sense for them. We then decided to split that business out, it was very successful, and, and Montal Consulting became 3C Consulting. But as with everything, kind of transformation has hit us as it has the the social housing sector. And where we were, we were very much an IT consulting business. But IT has changed. If you ask most people what they think IT means, they'll probably turn around to you. And I hope some people are thinking about this as I speak. And they'll probably think, oh, it's computers, it's networks, it's kind of software, it's all that kind of stuff. And they forget that there's an I in front of IT and they just think about the technology. And yet the technology was just simply there to enable you to get the information. And somehow we've got focus very much on that technology and and the information has kind of come secondary almost and almost too difficult to get hold of sometimes because the technology just doesn't help matters. It's an interesting journey and seeing that evolution that that goes on with businesses over time. And you can't sit still, you do need to change. I think that's one of the things you've always been very good at, is is sort of changing and seeing what's coming on on the horizon. Now, one of the questions we, we were thinking about today was, can the data you hold change lives now the reason why that's really important is uh, social housing the sector is really about helping people improve their lives so this is a slant how can that information how that data that's held in lots of our systems how can we do something with it so so tell me a little bit about what, what you're looking at around that then i think the regulator puts it very well actually in as far as you know as a sector 
we have the most fantastic purpose maybe teaching could be argued to have a, a greater purpose i don't know but you know what are we doing we are we are providing communities and homes with which our next generation can grow up in and for me there, there's very few greater purposes than providing people with a, a place to live the security they need to to grow up in but i think we can get lost in the the complexities of running a social housing provider and forget sometimes what it's all about and i think the regulator is really trying very hard at the moment to refocus our attention on that and certainly things like the social housing white paper the new fire regs as a result of issues that that we've we've had recently like grenfell these are the focusing people's attention on how they are running their businesses and making them more effective and for me at the heart of all of this often sits data and why do i say data because having run businesses as you know for the last 30 odd years i can tell you scott that one of my most or my most stressful moments have often come from sitting in a boardroom trying to get a decision on something waving around some information that i actually don't think is necessarily completely correct and the people i'm waving it at don't think is completely correct and therefore i'm asking them to make a decision based on me pleading with them almost rather than that what it should be on cold hard facts and you will find your board of directors will always pick on that one point that you know you're not 100 percent on and what's going on that that's what your board's there for and they will do that they will find out so we have to we have to be strong with the information that we have but also we have to be honest if we're not getting the information we have to go away and find it don't we we, we certainly do and if you talk to and again a challenge i will put out there to everyone if they find a, a data analyst in their organization and ask them what they spend 50 percent of their time doing they will very quickly answer you that they spend 50% of their time actually getting the data right before they can do anything with it. There is a term in the sector called data munging, if you look it up <laughs> on, the, in, on Google. And effectively, it is where people take the information they have and they move it around a bit in order to get the information they need. And in doing so, they will often introduce some personal preferences, some needs of providing the information that people want to hear. And it's causing the, the likes of the regulator now to more often say, can you prove yourself there? And that's where it all starts getting extremely stressful when people are asked, well, can you prove it? And it's no longer good enough to say, well, Fred, or, or Mary down the corridor, they, they, they give me this information and, and I've every reassurance that, you know, they, they, they know exactly what yeah, they're doing. Yeah. We, we were dealing with one organisation recently where they had a particularly important spreadsheet that they were using to hold data. And it transpired there were several coffee, copies of this spreadsheet, three of which were called Master. And it kind of sums up the problem we have with data in the sector. There is no single version of the truth so, so often. And yet it is so desperately important to improving lives. Because if you're going to improve lives, you've, you've got to, say, make decisions based on, on fact and, and, and ensure you don't make the mistakes that unfortunately too often are made based on poor information. Yeah, you, you pull a few things out to me. First of all, I love spreadsheets. I think I've spent 
30 years of my career knowing one percent more on how excel and other spreadsheets work than everybody else but but you're right you, you can make that data you can manipulate that data to to say what you want especially if you if you're any good at pivot tables and you want to show various things and, and scenarios etc but i've always been one to make sure you can audit trail that information so it's all very well having that spreadsheet that copy but can you audit where that information comes from over time i think that's the thing we need to make sure that we can do so so we know where it's originating from we know that we can trust that information and i think that's that's the change that we've got now there is so much data around how how do we use that data i'm I'm gonna what do you say data munging i think that's that's going to be my word of the day the word of this podcast is data munging so please everyone go and go and look it up and, and see what goes on because I think we can we can maybe save your data analysts 50% of their time by doing some other clever things to start with so they don't have to do the data munging and Colin you must have seen some changes over those last eight years that 3C's been going because I mean the information technology side of things has really changed doesn't it cloud cloud and cloud seems to come to mind doesn't it Ah, oh, cool. Have we seen the change there? I, I remember back in November 2010, I, I spoke at the NHF IT conference on the topic of cloud. What is it? And I remember predicting back then that by 2016, we'd all be in the cloud. Well, I was a little bit premature, to be honest with you. But yeah. Now I think, you know, it's come come true. And, and the impact that's having on the way we operate as organisations, on IT departments particularly, is quite incredible. It used to be, well, what does the IT department want? You know, what are they recommending to the, the organisation? And now it's the kind of the other way around. It's, well, what information does the organisation want? Yep. Depending on that depends on what software the organisation needs. And depending on that depends on what infrastructure the organization needs which is probably going to be a cloud first strategy and then depending on that depends on what kind of IT department you need and and generally the IT department is now becoming more of a a gatekeeper and a, a translator of business requirements into into IT speak yeah or in all yeah, yeah. solutions and, and that's a real skill set that organisations, I think, like, like yourselves has, is that ability to, if you like, understand what the business needs, but understand the technology behind it as well, and, and to, to merge the two together, which I think is, is one of the benefits that you've got at the moment, isn't it? You, you, you know both sides of the story almost. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is interesting. I mean, 3C, we are completely cloud-based. You know, we, yeah. we often work from home, we, even pre-COVID we'd often work from home or from customers sites so we we were using you know sharepoint teams from from when we first started back in 2015 which made us a bit of a pioneer at the time but hey look at it now we're you know it's the way thing things are and it, it's worked for us very well and to say we're seeing that transformation and then our job really is to help people and take take their hands and show them the way as, as yeah. you might, you might yeah. say scott and, uh, and and so much of that, and I kind of come back to it now, is now about starting with information. You say, what do you need? Right, let us show you how to to get it, rather than, right, what's your problem? Because the problem was often, oh, we, we don't like this piece of software, or we're having real trouble getting this piece of software, talking to that piece of software. And, uh, and you deal with that rather than actually the... The, the core but, but dare I say as well Colin, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this I, I think some of the software within the social housing sector should we say is a little bit ancient 
Yeah, you could say that. In fact, one of the little uh, little sound bites that I've often heard mention is that the vast majority of it, vast majority of it, wasn't even written this century. Um, don't get me wrong; it's been updated, and there's been a lot done to improve it. But it wasn't written on what you might call a cloud-native mm. internet-based yeah. platform. Yeah, and that's one of the problems that I I know that when I've been with within housing associations is getting to that data. You know it's there, but how do you how do you get it? Well, th- and and that's one of the big problems, Scott, is that people don't know where to start. And if you don't know where to start, one of the easiest things to do is stick your your head in the sand, as they they say, yeah. and, and leave that for another day. But that there is no reason for that anymore. You know, there are many organisations within the social housing sector, particularly beyond the whole social housing sector, where it has been a matter of life and death mm-hmm. for the organisation yeah. yeah. to to actually yeah. be able to harness the information they've had to compete with their with in what is some very competitive marketplaces we, we haven't really had that so that the driver for us should be purpose or i dare i say it fear and if you if you're shown not to be running your organization effectively there really now is the the potential for drop job insecurity mergers and the such that is starting to to be quite prevalent out there now yeah so now's yeah. the time to do it and the good good news is the answers aren't difficult i mean the government's got a big push on data maturity at the moment because they they realize that in order to be a world leader this country has got to be you know use data to to demonstrate that it can it can can lead the world and there's there is the opportunity to do that therefore it's said that really two organizations need two things and and this is where the regulators coming in as well firstly it, it needs tools tools that never sleep that just watch yeah. out for for poor information and will alert you should it enter the ecosystem the data ecosystem tools that can pull information from every different part of the business whether it be different software products whether it be spreadsheets whether it be emails social media units shared drive you name it this kind of these tools can can go and gather that information it can pull it all together in a single searchable controllable store so you can then really see what you've got and you can interrogate it you can clean it you can you can ensure that the the information that you have is is correct but in addition to that because again this is technology it's no good unless you've got someone who can interpret it who can manage it who can make sure that you're doing using it correctly so you have this partnership between uh, person and technology we need to use both skill sets in order to ensure that things are done properly and yeah. you know as good as any tool can be i can tell you scott culture eats technology for breakfast in order to get these things in place you need to make sure you're motivating your teams to understand what's in it for them why yes. why should they do this again i could go on about this kind of thing for ages but culture change is so essentially important and the what's in it for me whether it be a senior executive or whether it be you know someone at the very bottom of the organization to understand why their lives will be made easier and better by ensuring that the information they have is is good 
Yeah, and kind of, I think we come to that point, don't we, right, right at the top where we're saying, can the data you hold change lives? And the answer to that is yes, because it can not only change our lives in terms of our working days and making things easier and freeing up time and getting us to focus on, on the right things, but it will also help social housing, our residents' lives, our tenants. So that they can be better because we, we, can, we can do the things that they need doing. We can put more, more of our resources where they need help rather than having to guess what what they need so there, there's a this person and, and technology that joining and coming together i think has ramifications not only for us uh, as businesses but also then the people that we serve as well you're absolutely spot on scott i mean i'd like to say let's start with the people who we serve and then let's what it can do for us internally as well but in my whole career i found that motivations are generally about what's in it for me yeah. uh, first and foremost so you know if, and if you want to know how to justify what's in it for you the four big motivators for people are recognition environment security and development so you can break these things down in well how does this help you and you know for instance if you're in a contact center access to good information so you don't have to go and you know you, you're doubtful about what you're telling people or that you yeah. can go and talk yeah. to three other people before you can answer something think how much better the working environment is having that one-stop shop as well that one call comes in i can deal with it how, how do we all feel when we've been on the phone to somebody and it's been resolved with that one phone call rather than Amazing, oh, i have to wait i have to go back and, yeah. and do it so we, we we should be able to do it and we can do it and we need to push more about doing that well actually and we say it being assessed by by the regulator but but then we all get assessed don't we as well it wasn't it good when we can say to our managers what we've done we can say to our board yes. of directors what what's been done you're right to have that information at your fingertips to be confident when you're delivering it but also when someone asks you to drill down a little bit more that you can be confident with with that as well so there's there's a whole sort of i think good feeling coming on by by doing this and let's not let's not let the regulator push us let's push us as individuals and in the sector so, so i say as a call to people don't don't be afraid to look to change things and to get this information if you can't get this information find out why can't you get this information don't just sit back and say well i've been told i can't get it why can't you get it you're right, Scott. I, I mentioned tools earlier. I mean, the tool we use is a, a tool called Data Logic, and we looked at various other tools and decided this is the one we w- would be work best for us. That as a tool it is just purely an, an enabler to help us mm. achieve things, help us help our customers, and and it's hugely powerful, hugely powerful. It really can change the way in which we operate as 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 organisations, but come back to it it's only as good as the those that are using it it provides them with the 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 tools the support that they need to be able to do their jobs right you know if you again if you if you're given the job particularly around data and it's around right we we want you to be one of the 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 data champions within the organization and uh, and within your job description it gives you a little bit of a thing you will look after in your area well what support am i going to get here and if you've got something that, that, as I say, will watch your area 24 by 7 and, and help you to spot those who might be introducing the, the dirty data into yep. the organisation, then you're in a position where you can you identify them, help them, develop them in order to, 
to do it better and it under get help them to understand what's in it for them for yeah, if yeah. and and i think there's there's more ways of cleaning up your data than there was when i you, you brought me back to to data cleansing some probably 25 years ago colin when i was stuck in a room going through reams of paper and checking what was on the paper and what was in the computer well the computer can do that for us now can't it it can check whether stuff's matching and and right you, you don't need someone like me sitting in a room but, going but, through and doing it but someone like you um, scott can become a superstar now because if you are the person who who is kind of the 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 the, the person who can can get the information and and ensure that the the uh, the right information is delivered to your to your the next layer layer up then you become a bit of a superstar and this is why the it person of old not that you were ever particularly an it person scott yeah. the it person of, of old who was focused on technology and is now focusing much more on information for me, these are the superstars of the future. There is a reason why there are now more CIOs than there are IT directors. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's all yeah. heading that direction. It, it, it's interesting, that change. And uh, yeah, it, 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 you hit me spot on. I, I've never been an IT person. I've just loved IT. I just love the technology side of it and, and what can it do. But but actually, there's, there's a thought for people who are listening to this today. Do you want to be a superstar in your industry? And one of that ways of being a superstar is knowing where you can get the data and how you can use it for the benefit of others. So, so there's, a, there's a call out to people. Do you want to be the superstar? The data, it has to be there somewhere. Well, Colin, I think that's a really good place to stop. Colin, can I say thank you for, for being with me today? This podcast, people will be listening to it very soon. So we look forward to any feedback that you have either to Colin or to myself. Look forward to it. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, See you soon. Scott. All the Bye. best.